Good morning, Grace. We are in a sermon series called The Winning Formula, and today I'm here to talk about compassion and the impact of compassion in our new year. But before I do that, I want to share something with you. Last year, I turned 30 years old, and my amazing friend, Jennifer Claffey, gifted me with tickets to see a Bon Jovi cover band. I'm sure Jennifer forgot that I needed to be preaching this morning, but we still had a blast together and I was just in heaven the whole night. I mean, it's Bon Jovi. And if you're new to Grace, you probably don't know that, but that's my favorite band since I was a little girl. What most of you probably don't know is that I love the songs. I love the beat. I love the ballads, the storytelling of their lyrics. But what I really love about Bon Jovi is John's compassion. I was in high school when I found out that there is such a thing as a John Bon Jovi Foundation, and this is their mission, and I'm quoting from the website, to break the cycle of hunger, poverty, and homelessness by long-lasting solutions to rebuild pride in one's self and one's community, one soul at a time. How cool is that? It's just so inspiring. And a couple of years ago, they opened their first soul kitchen restaurant in New Jersey. It's a community restaurant using the pay it forward concept, which means that you can pay what you can or not pay at all. You can volunteer your time or you can pay for the people coming after you at the restaurant. It is something quite remarkable. I'll tell you that. And when I moved to United States a couple of years ago, I knew I wanted to go there. So I did. I spent a weekend in New York and I made my way to New Jersey to see the restaurant. There are no reservations. All the tables are community tables. And I can't picture all of you introverts cringing at the thought. But as an extrovert and people person, if I'm having dinner by myself, I want to sit with strangers and talk their ears out. So I was sitting next to this couple. They are longtime volunteers at this restaurant. They had just finished their shift. And the other gentleman sitting on the table with us was grabbing dinner before heading back to the shelter he was staying for the week. And I remember sitting there and thinking, wow, where else would I have this kind of experience to sit at the same table with people whose full time job now is to serve others and a man who is in desperate need of their compassion? That was one of the best experiences of my life and a memory that I know I will always cherish. But it was also a bittersweet thought because I realized that that is exactly what every church should be, a place where all are welcome and all can give and receive compassion to the same extent. But this message, it's not the gospel according to John Bon Jovi, although I can easily put something like that together. This is about how intentional compassion is just inspiring. I've been exposed to many organizations, programs, and people living a life of service for others. And a big reason why I am where I am right now and who I am right now is because of the impact their compassion had in my life and in the lives of people around the world. From a rock star to your friendly neighbor, everyone can impact someone with compassion. Because compassion, it's a powerful force that can truly change and improve lives. Not just the lives of the people on the receiving end, but also those acting in a compassionate way. And here at Grace, compassion can be seen in two different ways. 
serving in the community and serving in our church. You can't have one without the other. That's like two sides of the same coin. The Bible is filled with references to the power of compassion. And since Christ is the catalyst to everything we do at this church, one of his most famous stories comes to mind when I think about those two sides of compassion, the feeding of the 5,000. So Jesus and his disciples were exhausted after a long day of walking around teaching. They had just received the news about John the Baptist's death. And well, let's see what happened. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all of the towns to go there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And by the time it was late in the day, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it is already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would make more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? asked Jesus. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to the heavens, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the man who had eaten was 5,000. Fun fact for you. The feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle performed by Jesus that is recorded in all the four Gospels, the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And although there are some differences in the telling from Gospel to Gospel, they are all broadly similar on the details. Jesus goes somewhere else. There's a crowd of people desperate to be with him, hearing his teachings, and they're following him. There's a need for food. There's a lack of food. There is a somewhat willingness to serve because the disciples were a little bit on the fence there. And the incredible miracle performed by the most compassionate person to ever walk this earth. This story, it's a clear example of Jesus' compassion. Rather than sending the crowd off to disperse and fend for themselves, knowing that everyone was there for him, to see him, to hear from him, to learn from him, Jesus takes on the job to feeding them all. And by doing so, he ends up demonstrating not only his own divinity to a massive number of people at once, but also God's miraculous power at work through him by making the five loaves and two fish enough to feed everyone with plenty food left to spare. This story is also a lesson for his followers and his church. The concept of church that we have now in the 21st century is very different 
than what was going on back then. But the importance of showing compassion for the people around you was always part of Jesus' ministry. Later in the New Testament, James is going to say, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Isn't that the question Jesus is answering with this miracle? If all those people gather around Jesus to hear words of life and the the redemption and the compassion of Jesus, but they were also hungry and Jesus just looked at them and say, hey, go in peace, but did nothing to fix their hunger at that time. I am sure that this church right here that you are will be empty. What draws us to Jesus, it's his compassion in form of service. It is knowing that he sees us even when he needs a break. He sees our needs, the spiritual and the physical, and he fulfills every single one of them. And in this moment, we're also reminded of our role as agents of Christ's compassion in the world, to serve him by serving others. The disciples' first response was out of fear and maybe even some greed, if I'm being honest. They thought, hold on, am I supposed to spend all my money on this? And Jesus, as compassionate as always, reminds them and us that the ultimate provision belongs to him. He invites the disciples to find what they could give and leave the job of multiplying to him. They didn't need to worry. They didn't need to fear. Their role was to trust, distribute, care, and be inspired. The feeding of the 5,000 caused a ripple effect in the way Christ followers understand compassion. From the group in that story to the early church in the book of Acts to our church right here in Arlington County, we know compassion starts with Christ. We know that we can bring what we have as much or as little as it may be. And we know that he is the one multiplying everything. So we can reflect his compassion by distributing what he gave us to those who need it. Every year, we host a campaign called Be Rich. It's a movement of generosity in our community and our church. It is funny to look back and see how similar the patterns between Be Rich and the story we just read are. Christ called Grace Community Church to serve people. And much like the disciples, I responded with worries and with a lot of fear. Maybe this campaign is not going to be as successful as we expected. You know, there's inflation. There's a capital campaign. There's me standing in the way. But we prayed and we did it anyway. We collected what we could. We gave thanks to the Lord and we pray it would be enough. Last year, we raised over $116,000 to be distributed to nonprofit organizations doing amazing work in our community. Much more than what we collected in the previous years. So God did what only he could do. He multiplied. And our job was to distribute with wisdom in the service of people. In total, we funded projects with nine different partner organizations. This was our way to show them that we believe in their work. We see how impactful they are to the people around them. And we want to serve them as they are serving others. With one organization, we funded child care scholarships for families living in poverty here in Arlington. Another project was the necessary funds to build a program for behavior health, 
to make sure people struggling with homelessness have access to immediate and ongoing mental health treatments. Another organization asked for funds to revitalize their space, fixing some mold and waterproofing their centers, but also to buy new computers and new games for their students. Another organization wanted to empower the senior high schoolers into local leaders, hiring them to work at the nonprofit so they can develop leadership skills before they go to college. This other organization have this incredible dream to love and support and walk alongside youth aging out of foster care by pairing them with mentors and making sure that they can break the cycles and beat the statistics working against them. But the piece of Be Rich I was most proud of last year was that we invited you to serve, to go block your calendars, find something you and your family could do together to show compassion by serving your neighbors. And you did it. In total, we had 283 people volunteering for a grand total of 374 hours. I am in constant state of awe with all of you. The let's do it attitude inspires me daily and I absolutely love serving alongside you. So that's how compassion looks like outside the walls of this church, serving our community. But Christ is also inviting us to serve at his house, his church. And I would love to bring a special guest this morning to talk about how compassion is lived and reflected within the walls of Grace Community Church. Hi, my name is Jennifer, and I'm the volunteer coordinator here at Grace. I'm here to tell you a little bit about the compassion I experienced my first day at Grace and the impact it had on my life. It was about 10 years ago, and at the time, I was only going to church for Easter or Christmas or a wedding or a funeral. But I was at a place in my life and in my marriage where I knew I needed church in my life. That first day at Grace, I didn't really know what to expect. I'd only been to traditional churches, certainly never a church in a school. But when we arrived and saw the bus saying, a church for people who don't go to church, I thought, that's us. From that moment on, we were met with so much compassion. Greeters with big smiles welcoming us, coffee ready in the lobby, ushers helping us to find a seat, and someone to walk us through checking our daughter into Grace Kids. It was like one big hug every step along the way. It was almost like each person I encountered was God leading the way. It played a huge role in us feeling like we belonged here and wanted to return. Next, we started coming every Sunday unless we were out of town. We started sitting way up in the back section and slowly moved closer. We came for a year before I reached out about getting involved. The nonprofit I'd been working for was closing and I was taking a break to figure out what I wanted to do next. So I had some time on my hands. And when I thought about how I wanted to spend that time, all that kept coming to me was grace. I didn't really know many people or any of the staff, but I knew I wanted to be part of what was happening here. I started volunteering in the office during the week and that quickly turned into more. A year later, I joined the staff as a part-time event planner. I loved it and I loved being part of Grace. But about three years into that job, Pastor John called me one day and asked me to consider becoming the volunteer coordinator. I will never forget that phone call. I was standing in the Bible Museum with my high school best friend, Leah, who was here visiting. 
I remember thinking, is he crazy? (laughs) I didn't feel worthy of such an important role or qualified. Events are easy for me. It comes naturally. But managing over 200 volunteers and the facility sounded like something that was for someone else, not me. (laughs) As I prayed about it, I kept getting the same message over and over from songs, from friends, from, from devotionals. Growth never happens in the comfort zone. It was so loud and clear that there was no denying it. So I said yes, and here we are. In this role, I have seen the power of compassion working in the lives of our volunteers. Personally, our volunteers played a huge role in my life. Remember in the beginning when I said I knew I needed church? Well, I didn't know that I needed God. A personal relationship with Christ is what was missing from my life. Through the compassion of our volunteers and our group leaders, my life has been changed for the better. Because of them, I kept showing up and learning about Christ's love. Now I get the joy each Sunday of watching our volunteers do for others exactly what they did for me. For example, I recently received an email from one of our guest services volunteers. I want to share it with you. He says, my wife and I love volunteering at Grace because it's brought us closer to our Lord when we see and greet so many wonderful people, people from all over the world, different cultures, different languages, different upbringings, and different philosophies, all hearing God's word spoken clearly, but with no judgmentalism, and all folks coming to know more about God and his plan for us and how to develop a deep relationship with him. Very exciting. Volunteering at Grace has opened new doors and led us to new friends and fellow Christ followers. Isaiah 6, 8 says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. This is what our volunteers do every time they serve. They're saying, Here I am, Lord, send me. And that's the kind of compassion that changes lives. Everybody, what we are discussing here today is as simple as this. We are not going to achieve the winning formula this year unless we make compassion the norm of our lives. That's the power that heals us, builds our character. That is what Jesus Christ is teaching us. Tomorrow is a day we get to celebrate the life and legacy of an incredible man who lived a life of compassion and justice in service of others, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And the more I read about him and I learn about him, the more I can see the compassion and love of Christ reflected in his life. My favorite quote for MLK is also a question that I ask myself every year as part of my personal ministry challenge. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? I'll say this again, but there's no winning formula out there that we can conquer unless we make compassion the norm of our lives. So how about we start tomorrow? I would like to invite you to celebrate MLK's day with a day on and not a day off. Whether you live in Arlington, in Alexandria, in D.C., out of state or out of the country, tomorrow is a day when many nonprofits have special serving opportunities. Find one. Let's do it. 
Let's build a life in 2023 focused on serving one another. And I am sure we will build a life where we're not just surviving, we're thriving and we're doing it together. It is truly a blessing to be part of the movement of compassion and justice in our church.